BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. It's our first one of 2024. Ooh. And by the way, we've already had like five first jokes <laughs> of the know. day before we started. So Goldie, well, you, I'm going I'm almost... to I'm I'm give you the opportunity. <laughs> I, I, so I just sneezed. And wh- what did you observe? Well, you almost had a typical disgusting display, which is... <laughs> We're on the Zoom, and it looked like you hard stopped a barf. <laughs> First like, joke of the day. It did not look like a sneeze. It just sounded like someone who <laughs> just slammed their esophagus shut as stuff was trying to evacuate yeah. at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, it looked like I hit the emergency brake. But I no, it was it was just a sneeze. And But I think that sometimes those noises don't get picked up uh, uh, by the mic. So you didn't hear the sneeze. You just saw me going, whoop. in in the post sneeze world that i was living in i 20 i thought like half your face was gonna fly off (laughs) i wish i can pick with one of those impossible faces yes i will please i hope tom cruise is under here the nose would be smaller (laughs) i was gonna say you've caught maestro fever huh oh god you're even dressing like the guy oh maestro Oh, yeah, the very casual. Let me tell you something about music. <laughs> oh, God. I, saw, I still haven't watched that, but I saw just like a, someone made a gif of him conducting. I know. That was <laughs> ridiculous. I got to see this. Send it it's, to me. It's Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like a Jerry Lewis, Jim Carrey, flop sweat, ridiculous flying wig. <laughs> yeah. there, there's three it. minutes of it there there are three minutes what? in a row of that i kind of can't wait to see it because yeah, i read uh this was a few years ago there was this guy who he called it thin slicing and i assume this goes across different disciplines but his idea was like he could watch a married couple interact for under a yeah. minute and yeah. and predict with like 95 degree accuracy if they yeah, got malcolm divorce but it's like by thin slicing that clip, I was able to just generalize like this movie is stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, that was a, an accurate thin slice. Yeah. Very, that was a very like it was oh him, and God. he just dives the baton down and lifts up. And you, yeah, they would they no, they would have known what to play. Oh. I I wish that I were you know twenty five years younger and into like you know technically putting funny internet things together because I would absolutely oh, splice would. that scene with the Looney Tunes theme, <laughs> like just him <laughs> passionately conducting whatever Mahler or whatever the hell it was just to the Looney Tunes. It was crazy. Cool. Well, that's one of, that actually is my, probably my favorite Bugs Bunny is the Barber of Seville. 
Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so good. He's got a couple of conductor ones. The there there's the Barber of Seville where he's re- literally just cutting Elmer Fudd's hair or giving <laughs> yeah. him a shave, and then but then there's the one where he actually conducts uh, an opera singer at the Hollywood Bowl, which is one of my my favorites. And you'll also hear our first joke of the day, friend Danny Smith and I both love that. And there's a moment where Bugs is walking in as the conductor and in tails and very serious and all the all the people in the uh, orchestra start going, Leopold, 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 you know, like, <laughs> so whenever, whenever somebody walks into the room, Danny and I will often say Leopold. Um, we, we should have got Danny to give us a first joke of the year. I'm disappointed when, uh, when Gold said that, I was thinking, oh, that would have been nice. Maybe we don't do jokes this year. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, no, it's too late. You already did one. Hard stop a barf. <laughs> I will <laughs> say your um episode, the episode where you guys wrote, yeah, is right now it's on this incline for being our top episode. I mean, after Mulaney, oh, of course. But I bet like, Jimmy because Jimmy Carr probably said yep. for people to listen. Yeah, Jimmy's oh, up nice. there, and uh, of course Mulaney's are still way up there yeah. and um what's our uh, uh mankowitz. dateline yeah he's mankowitz a- yeah that was the the surprise mank bump yeah it was great. yeah people love this podcast when it's not us yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i know <laughs> totally hey but the wait the writing one was us yeah yes. oh, that's true. That's yeah true. well it was really hillman hillman all <laughs> hillman <laughs> hillman's mentioned again they've caught hillmania <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, so much for this year without jokes. We can't even stick to that. Um, (laughs) Well, JC went on a trip. Yeah, JC, let's hear about uh, Copenhagen. Okay. (laughs) Well, we went to for Christmas, flew to Copenhagen, right? Hagen, Hagen, Nina Hagen. And um, (laughs) we we got there on Christmas Day. We stayed at an amazing hotel. It was just, the food was amazing. We, I mean, like, I kind of just slept for a couple of days. We let ourselves be jet lagged because everything's closed yeah. on Christmas. And Shout out the hotel. It, you might stay there free next time. Sanders, guys. Oh, Sanders. Isn't Sanders. jet lag underratedly the best feeling? Well, because you sleep so because you can actually hard. sleep. Yeah. Yes. Oh was... yeah. It's a, that's that first daytime sleep is like the most God. comfortable, easy to yeah. fall asleep thing when I, you have jet lag. <laughs> I think I slept like twenty hours, and yeah. what I'll say is I have not taken a vacation since twenty eighteen. This is like not Ooh. a joke. Since before I moved here to LA to take the wow. job, a Family Guy. So it was much needed. And Stu was very good about being like, you're on vacation. If you want to sleep, you sleep. Or is there no pressure for us? I will go do drugs. You sleep. (laughs) 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 So then um, we, it it was like, it was pretty cold. There was a storm like over, um, I think it was over England, like a big storm, but we were getting a lot of the, the outer stuff and it was not, it was supposed to be really snowy, but it wasn't. So it was nice to be walking around. Right. People are so nice in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. And then after Christmas, we went to Amsterdam. This is yeah, where baby. Goldie is like, yeah, get those drugs. And it was yeah. it was warmer there, which was weird. And I didn't realize this, but it's a destination place for like partiers. 
I don't know. How I don't know why. I realize I, that <laughs> because I don't party. I guess and everyone's like, "Wait, you're staying at the Soho House, and you didn't even go to the um, New Year's Eve party?" Because apparently, that's like a big deal there. Right. And we were, but are you we, shocked when you go to Vegas that people are gambling? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there's so much gambling what is here. Happening here. <laughs> but we had it was such an amazing pretty much like healing time because we just did whatever we want and I slept whenever we wanted. And if I was sleeping and Stu was awake, he would go out and have a nice time and go sit at coffee shops. And, you know, they call them coffee coffee shops shops. there. Yeah. So it's very confusing when you actually want a coffee shop. Well, that's where you look for Starbucks. Right. <laughs> God bless America. Yeah. Um, and now, was I was I correct when I told you before you went to Copenhagen that everyone there is a nine? Well, I think you might have um, put it in my head. Like, is it at a German something? nine or a number no. nine? No. <laughs> nine. Nine. <laughs> Um, maybe I, we didn't see that many nines, but there also it was pretty quiet because the first two days we were there, everything was closed. So we yeah, the nines see. are out of town. It's right. Vacation. The nines are like, the yeah. nines are like in like Nevis, you know, yeah. <laughs> St. Kitts. Do they um, eat those cookies in a tin or is that just something we made up? Oh, Stroop waffles? <laughs> Amst- uh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam yes. Stroop waffles. Yeah, those are amazing. They're like uh, Stroop waffles. Um, <laughs> the, indent- <laughs> the indentation Pardon. when I get off uh, patio furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but yeah, the, that was Amsterdam, and those were we had some fresh ones. Um, but we we went and ate. Um, when we were in Copenhagen, we went to this like Michelin, this vegan restaurant, this Michelin rated restaurant that. Yeah, the tire companies know all the good restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> They're and... all wheel drive appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. And, uh, <laughs> we had so much good food. It was, we both awesome. got sick. We both got like really, really sick. But yay. Um, I know, yay, sick. <laughs> but um, I'm still, I feel great. I feel rested. I'm happy and could be, you know, the best vacation I've had so far. I mean, oh, the first it. time you open a file labeled American Dad 120523, <laughs> how happy are you going to be? <laughs> right back into oh it. Season 18. Um, now, follow-up question for someone like me. Did you guys fly first class? We got upgraded yes. to Polaris. Yep. Yeah, yep. it was. Yep. How did you get upgraded? You just put your name on a list and lucked out or you paid? So you, so Stu had just enough like status for flying. So what you do is you pay a little bit of money and you use points to put yourself on the upgrade list. Stu okay. has this whole thing worked out. And so, yeah. in fact, we stayed an extra day because we weren't going to get the upgrade on the flight that we were originally on. So we stayed an extra day because we're dinks. Yeah double income, no kids, and um, <laughs> decided we're going to take our chances on another flight, and we got the upgrade, and so we got upgraded on the way back. But why did you then have jet lag if you were, like, sleeping? On well, the- I don't, I, right now, I don't. 
<laughs> so okay. all right uh, you just got back yeah. yeah i just got back i don't even remember when i got back no wednesday i got back so but i slept all day yesterday nice. that's great nice oh well that sounds fun yeah it was amazing awesome how about you guys oh. nah never mind okay um well i i, I do uh, i i was in boston then i was in new york and then i had to come back to boston my aunt passed away and i, I do want to talk Sorry. about it for a second because yeah in a funny way it relates to some stuff we've done on the podcast but my aunt Dorothea, she was 97 wow. years old. She was hilarious, beloved, um, yeah. an amazing cook, really funny, uh, heard a lot of great stories. It was my dad's younger sister. So she was born in 1926. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, just passed away like three days ago. But um, a, a couple things that I didn't know. Uh, well, some I knew. But number one was that like in 1983, she had... Uh, was a finalist in the Pillsbury Dough Bake Off. Whoa. So she, was, she was on like, it was on CBS or something. What? And um, she That's was so on cool. TV and she made her recipe, which <laughs> um, it was, it involved like crab meat and this pastry thing. And anyway, I remember at the wow. time, all my relatives saying like, she'll never win because the regular person can't afford crab meat. And <laughs> <turn up laughs> place like third. But so... The other thing I didn't know was that I had known she went to Emerson College in the 40s. But, wow. you know, and I didn't really put two and two together. Like my grandfather wasn't a literate roofer in here. Like this woman in the 40s went to go be an actress. She's from Lawrence, Mass. Like how just how much gumption that must yeah. have taken and sort of like, you know, how much guts to put herself out there. So apparently um, she had been in some stage production and been scouted for Hollywood and they wanted to bring her out for a screen test. And my dad's older brother who kind of ran the family said, absolutely not. And shot it down. And she dropped out of college and went to Whoa. work for the phone company and like never did anything show business again. But wow. So it's, it's, I, I, you know, she was kind of the first person to attempt this. Like I always thought, yeah. Oh, I was the one, but she, it was really her. But wow. then I heard this great story that, uh, so I think it was like her junior year, uh, another student who was a freshman took an interest in her. This student's name was Norman Lear. Oh, no way. And he, no way. They're and reunited. So, oh so he was very much interested in her. Oh my God. And he she asked her out and, and she reportedly she, she said, get away from me. You're a nothing. Oh no, that's so sad. I'm like, I guess uh, he's like, I'm gonna make something of myself. About a stupid hat. I I, I feel like this is why we're family. A full circle moment. Yeah, I love that. So she, she had. I mean, that's pretty crazy. um, That she had a very, a strangely early Hollywood dreams shattered story. Yeah, I mean, yeah. your the the older brother who was in charge of the family was he your dad's older brother as well yeah and wow. he was just everyone did what he said like my dad wanted to be an archaeologist and he made him be a doctor Bro. stuff like but um so Indiana, oh, oh. Indiana Goldblatt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one other funny story I heard uh from my mom was that uh so she was very much into shopping and jewelry and all this sort of stuff and yeah the woman. She was a yeah. looker so, too, right? Um, you always she's, say that. She was beautiful, yeah. So she, <laughs> I guess at one point she wanted to have a portrait painted of herself and she wanted in the portrait to have all kinds of like jewels and fur 
oh and expensive awesome. clothing on. And the reason she she gave was she said, if I die before Gordon, her husband, I want the next woman to be saying, what happened to all those jewels? And spend <laughs> oh all God. her time looking for them. Wait, you are <laughs> definitely related. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So, uh, and and then I started hearing stories about you know, my grandmother on that side. And, and, and you just kind of go, Oh, I always thought I got some of this stuff from my dad, but it really is like the women on that side were really funny. That one of the Wait. things that my aunt repeated, uh, that I guess my grandmother used to say is they said, you know, she was close with her family. She didn't have that many friends because her famous saying was, you don't have to be palsy wellsy with everyone. <laughs> that's you. There you go. Yeah. Oh my god, that's great. So anyway, she'll be, be missed, but it was, you know, I'm glad I was able while I was back here to go and That's yeah. nice. That's very yes. much. So, now we can walk into a small death of our own. <laughs> it's time for Johnny Jokes. Jokes. <laughs> Whoa, anywhere but Hollywood. Okay, we got a bunch of similar kind of gross ones today. Here we go. Oh, <clears throat> maybe you heard about this story. Well, this is this is wild stuff. Uh, a librarian in Tennessee has been fired for hosting after-hours sex parties in the public building. Yeah. Uh, her attorney claims that the parties were strictly educational and that she was merely teaching folks about the gooey decimal system. <laughs> the gooey... I knew it was going to involve the gooey decimal system. Yes. <laughs> I just didn't know how. That's how we got there. That's, that's, all, that's a good one. That's all we can do with libraries. What a, what a way to kick it off. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, it'll, it'll get downhill from here. Best joke uh, of the year. There it is. <laughs> and it'll still be <laughs> it's in gone. December. Uh, conspiracy theorists in England are demanding Queen Elizabeth be exhumed, claiming that she was poisoned by the deep state. Yeah, Ooh. wild. Uh, be careful what you wish for, gang, because there's nothing worse than a stinky Regina. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a theme this week. That's good. This is a theme my whole life of puns. All right, here we go. Getting off that. All right. Southern California has opened the world's first AI restaurant. Yes, entirely run by AI. Uh, my wife and I went, and I guess they're still working out the bugs. I ordered the <laughs> beef stroganoff and ended up with a tableside tug from a Roomba. Oh, <laughs> a Roomba. <laughs> I don't know why the Roomba's in an AI restaurant, but it seems like it kind of makes sense. And finally, thankfully, uh, an Iowa man who was constipated for 14 days oh, no. had to cancel his family vacation to deal with the problem. Huh. Uh, I guess you could say his holiday plan was deterred. Oh. <laughs> that was in the news? Johnny too. Well, that was in the news. There was a news story about a guy who couldn't ship for two weeks. Oh yeah, it was headline front and CNN. I, I, I troll all the tiny sites to get this shit. <laughs> But how was that even on a site? Like if someone, like someone heard about it and called a journalist. I guess. All right, all right. No further questions. Well, <clears throat> conflict continues unabated in the Middle East, 
but the Israeli government has a radical new plan to destroy Hamas. Get it to date Taylor Swift. Ah, right. <laughs> Kelsey. Wait, that was in the news? <laughs> Somewhere in Gaza, there's someone who has a shit for two weeks. <laughs> Get their name. and You need to confirm all the sources. Anyway, well, I don't know if you heard about this. The last lighthouse keeper in America is set to retire. Aww. Yeah. In a ceremony later this week, she will be replaced by a switch. Oh. <laughs> also in the news, uh, former House Representative George Santos has slammed an upcoming HBO biopic as inaccurate. So it's accurate? <laughs> the liar. Okay. Well, <clears throat> this was uh, has everyone a buzz. The Jeffrey Epstein flight logs have been released. Casting a range of suspicion that those on it, including former President Bill Clinton, may have committed sex crimes. But Clinton has an interesting legal strategy. He claims he was on the plane, but he didn't impale. <laughs> oh my God. Instead of, I guess, God. Yeah, instead of didn't inhale. That was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a famous 90s. And, right. and you make the leap that impaling is sex. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just for those who, you the know. gooey decimal system. Yeah. That right. you understand. That was good. That was good. Uh, and finally, uh, more names are expected to be released, this Epstein flight log, but the court won't say when. Wow, it's the first time Jeffrey Epstein has left other people hanging. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Oh, other good people. crop. Nice. Ooh, happy and, New Year. And you're saying this Epstein thing was in the news? <laughs> it was right below headline. Man trapped in two weeks. Then, then right. beneath that, there's a very small. I didn't <laughs> scroll down far enough for the Epstein thing. Uh, yeah, God, that's funny. That is funny stuff. Yeah, the, the Epstein thing felt like kind of a fart in the wind. It was sort of like, oh, they're going to name names. And I then know. it was yeah. like Bill Clinton. It's like, yeah, well, we all knew that. Right. And did, did, did they not put Trump on there? Because we know Trump was there. They put him in, but it was just only referring to that the plane landed in New Jersey. And he said, while we're here, we should go to Trump's casino. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So that's like a nothing. But also it's like, like you say, you keep hearing like Jeffrey Epstein was this genius, a financial mastermind and pulling all the strings. But it's like, so he thought Prince Andrew was really important. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point. Like yeah, that's that your was... that's your big get. Like, oh, if I could get Prince Andrew and yeah. all his influence <laughs> and have him under my blackmail, it's like I don't know what you could do with that. Yeah. If Je if he had only lived to see the crown, he would have understood how unimportant uh, Prince yes. Andrew is. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Disaster. Um, all right. So Franz, I'm I'm gonna issue a little disclaimer right here because i've heard okay. some blowback about this in the past so coming up today we are going to discuss a couple of movies that we liked and we wanted to just talk about them so we we were going to talk about the holdovers and salt burn okay i'm going to play this spoiler alert can i add to that list I would like to talk about the movie Blackberry. Darn it, I didn't as well. watch yeah. that. Yeah, I'll watch we didn't that, see but yes. That. 
but I'd love for you to talk about it. Okay, Okay. then I won't talk about it. Well, well, you can. I mean, we may get through salt burn and holdovers in 15 minutes and then go nuts. Okay. But but basically, if you're listening right now and you want to be in on this, pause it. Both these movies are, are readily available. Uh, on Amazon, I think. Or, well, no, uh, Holdovers was Peacock, and uh, yeah. Saltburn is Amazon. Amazon yeah. And they're both fun movies to watch, so give them a watch, then then pick us up, and, and now we can spoil them all. All right, so let's <laughs> let's talk about it. Which one do you want to talk about first, Goldie? I think the Holdovers, because yeah. I think if you talk about Saltburn first, then the Holdovers will just seem too tame. I agree. I totally uh, agree. Okay. Yeah, let's the, the Saltburn was a wild ride. So let's let's start with uh, the holdovers. So the holdovers um, uh, was a movie. Uh, is a movie. It's directed by Alexander Payne, who we love. He did Sideways. He did Election. He did uh, what was the other really good one? That About Schmidt. About Schmidt. Yeah. We so we we love him. He makes great movies, and it was written by a fellow named David Hemmingson who uh, was actually a writer on Family Guy for a very short period of time, uh, maybe a dozen, 15 years ago. So, uh, Goldie, I don't think you were there then. No, no overlap. I was there when he was, he was a very, like, nice, engaging guy who was only there briefly. um, So we didn't really get to know him. So I think, Mm. like most Family Guy writers, I was really hoping this was going to suck. (laughs) but it it uh, it didn't um and 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 we'll we'll talk about why i I, just some of my i'll get into the nitty-gritty of it later but some of the things that dave and uh alexander payne did really well in this i thought were they created a, a three very interesting characters that i was engaged with all three of them the uh, the young student who's held over Paul Giamatti, who plays uh, the professor, the curmudgeonly professor who has to watch the kids during this winter break, and the um, chef, the cafeteria, the cafeteria woman, woman yeah. uh, who had lost uh, her son in Vietnam and was there celebrating her first holidays uh, without him, and the, and the characters were set up really well. It, it really felt like they did a good job of just like saying, okay, this is where we are. These are who, these are the characters you're going to be watching. And now let's just sort of see what happens. One of the things Alexander Payne does so well, Goldie, and I'm I'm sure you've noticed this. It's like the, the worlds that we're in with him in sideways in this movie, the holdovers. And in a way in about Schmidt and election two, it's like, he just kind of lets the, the physical world that we're in sort of exist. Like he doesn't, he doesn't overdo it. He doesn't give you too many like glamor shots and like, Oh, helicopter shots and sunset shots. It's like, he lets you see where you are. The world is just the world and the, the craziness comes out of the people in it. And I think that that's what he did here. But uh, I wanted to, what did you guys think of this, this movie? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I could yeah, start talk with. about yeah. it. Well, first of all, I wasn't sure the direction it was going to go. I was under the impression it was going to go in the direction of like dead poet society a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really uh, kind of pleased that I was surprised when they all took off in the helicopter that I was like, oh, 
that is the kid who stays. Like it, nothing yeah. was obvious to me, but maybe that's just me. Um, that's like a I, good point. And, Go- and Goldie and I talked about that as well. I, I personally kind of wanted the the other kids to stay because yeah. they were creating like a Breakfast Club Goonies type crew yeah. with that with that group of kids, and then suddenly all but one kid are gone. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll point out a few of these along the way. I will say as the resident uh, prep schooler on this uh, podcast, it is entirely unrealistic that that ski helicopter dad took the Asian kid on the ski trip. Never would have happened. He oh, absolutely would have been left behind, especially in 1970 right. at a prep school. Like the the division between oh, that's so fascinating white people and minorities at a prep school is is something to behold. Right, like and that's real. It just yeah, and it just never would have happened. And honestly, I was missing that kid because I thought that kid was really cute and like really sympathetic, yeah. and I wanted to learn more about him. And I thought he would have been a nice you know extra kid. Yes to stay the whole break, but no, they took them all away. Well, I guess they kind of, his tool was to show that Angus was like a, actually a good kid. It was the save the cat moment with, you know, which is that that's a screenwriting book about how, when you want to, yeah. When you want to get sympathy for one of your otherwise Mm -hmm. unlikable characters, you have them save a cat early in the movie so the audience then says this is ultimately a good person but yes right for for me the the things i loved about this movie were i'm always nostalgic for a prep school that i never went to i feel like i would have excelled in that environment um you would have so everything from from just the the opening credits when they were using the vintage film stock film logos and everything it, it felt like being in the 1970s as i remembered it felt very true to that which is a very warm place yeah. for me to be mm-hmm. so i saw it i've now seen it twice i saw it first in the theater and then i saw it last night with my mom on peacock on the yeah. Um, yeah screaming on the cock <laughs> and when i saw it in the theater i was i don't go to a lot of adult movies in the theater i can't remember the last one i saw without a kid so i was like entirely transported and i i thought you know, all the performances were so good and specific and believable that, you know, and the, and the way, and again, like JC, it wasn't quite what I expected, but the way they introduced the element of Vietnam in the bar with the guy yes. who's, who was missing a hand, oh, um, you know, yes. the, how, how subtle that was that like, I, and they remind you, you know, when they go back out to the car, it, it says, is that the first kid you've seen? person you've seen missing a limb and it's like oh right like the townies they talk about like these kids are not a part of that and how conflicted you are about even the protagonist of a film where you're going oh great he got saved from this vietnam and now someone else gets to die in his place (laughs) right right yeah and i thought the movie did a really good job of of you know at, at the end particularly not having a moment of you know, you saved my life and, and I'll always be grateful And him going like, you know, I've learned a lot from you and I'm going right. to take that freedom and go out in the world. Like it, it just would, was what life is, which is like, there's something there, but it's ultimately doesn't feel like quite enough to yeah. be, to have closure or to feel satisfied, but you just kind of have to call it in. Well, yeah. it's interesting that you, you bring that up. Cause I had some thoughts about, 
s- things that were said and unsaid uh, during the movie as well. And one of the notes, yes, uh, David Hemmingson, I'm going to give you a note. Oh. Uh, some of the stuff early on in the prep school scenes didn't ring so true to me because there was, I'm, I'm thinking in particular of the scene. Wait, where, let me where, guess. Yeah. They don't have Cobb salad every night. <laughs> That's it. That was a huge, I was getting to that. I was going to close, <laughs> close with the Cobb salad. Uh, yeah, no, there was a funny detail where a guy's eating Cobb salad every day and they made some joke that what, there was like blood or semen in no, it. No, he, Seem, like he is in it. it. Yeah. yeah, you're right, right, right. Um, no, there, there was a scene where when Paul Giamatti's uh, teaching his class and yeah, what, you, why are you holding up your finger? Uh, I just want to let you know that David Hemmingson went to Watkinson's school, a boarding school in Hartford. Yeah, no, I believe it. Okay, okay. But I mean, I believe he's, it. He's a, he's I mean who's writer, ever so. heard of Watkinson, but yes, I believe it. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that didn't ring, ring true was... Um, in, Watkinson he, is a feeder to Ball State. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, okay, go so, ahead. In that scene, there was a moment where, okay, he hands back all the tests and the uh-huh. class hasn't hasn't done well. And then there was that sort of asshole kid who, um, you know, ended up going on the helicopter and, and getting the, the sunburn on his face yeah. later. Yeah. Um, but he was sort of like, hey, don't you know, we need these grades to get into college. Like <laughs> that stuff in prep school was never said aloud. Like you, you, oh, you there would yeah. never be a, a scenario where you would get f's and d's back and you'd be like hey teacher but wait right. you you would wait and complain about it with your friends yeah. but you would never confront a teacher that like, like you just would that wouldn't be when you call home like say you were a child of influence would you call home and then your parents would call the uh faculty or some or administrator or and, something i bet that happened and I, back, I, yeah, you know? yeah. I bet. I bet if you called home and said this teacher's a tyrant and you know, I'm getting fucked in this class, something might happen that way. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. But I mean, because like, you were never in the situation where you're like, if I, you know, get a C minus here, I'm not going to get to go to Connecticut College. <laughs> never. <laughs> no, I was. I was right on track. Baby. You're like, I'm good. I'm <laughs> yeah, good. No, no this worries. Is, this is is lining up perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so stuff like that. And there were a couple scenes like in the dining hall where stuff was shouted in front of the teachers or in front, and it just didn't, there was a lot of stuff that was text that should have been subtext at the beginning. And then as you say, Goldie, when we got to the end, when there was definitely like an opportunity for one of those movie moments of him crying, you know, as the car is going, you taught me, you know, goodbye, Mr. Chips, like all that yeah. bullshit. They didn't do that, which I, which I thought was great. Yeah. I thought there could have been more of that throughout the movie. I thought there was a little too much of saying what we feel out loud, uh, you know, in front of a teacher, especially. It just didn't feel like it felt like that you needed sense. to build to that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's almost like as the movie went along, they said less. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah right. I mean, <laughs> I think that's fair. But also, I think for public school dopes like me who didn't know the difference, but it, in public school, you probably wouldn't, it probably wouldn't happen either. I mean, there's just no supervision and no one cares about anything. Like literally the, the, the most incredibly violent fights I've ever witnessed in my life, having lived in New York and Los Angeles are still the fights I saw in public high school. Wow. wow. They were incredibly violent. Wow. Whoa. 
Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. No, I want somebody once uh, unfastened my tie. Oh, that was pretty violent. So awful. That so bastard awful. bully. Are you traumatized? Oh, I Wait, still... so one thing about um, the cafeteria teacher, I felt it kept pulling me out of the movie was her uh, her accent. I didn't understand the necessity for her. To I have the a... same. Uh, what accent was that? Was it, it was trying Boston. to be Boston? It was, it was a Boston like a accent. Southie? Was it, no, uh, it was, where was she from? Uh, Roxbury. But Roxbury. that's not. Yeah. No. I thought I was like, is she doing some kind of Maryland accent? I, I don't know about maybe. Yeah. And I didn't feel uh, it was it necessary. Took me a while, yeah. It took me a while to to really kind of lock in on it too. I, I, I listen. And I said this to Goldie. She, so this, this actress, and we should know her name. I don't, I, I don't, but she was, she was very good. And there's already some kind of like Oscar buzz, you know, she might be nominated for best supporting actress her name is divine joy randolph thank you divine joy randolph okay so she was great and she is a plus-sized african-american actress and to me let me let me say that in simpler terms when you put a big black woman in a movie it's a cheat code for me like i'm instantly like totally invested in that character i amazing it, it brings to the screen like such an extra kind of like backstory in a way yes. where you feel kind of love and sympathy for a character right away and especially with what this character was going through with the loss of of her son so that all set up perfectly and goldie you and i have talked before we did a whole podcast on sideways because we love it so much and uh this wasn't sideways i think still that's the top of the pain pyramid for me but paul giamatti it's so he's good. so interesting because he is he was fantastic in sideways and in a way this character felt like an extension of that sideways character there were a, yep. a lot I of similarities yeah um but then he does weird things in the middle where he's on like Verizon ads as Albert Einstein and they're like <laughs> terrible. And you're like, what are you doing? He was so great in this. Like so he, good. you know, listen, he had the thing with his eye. His eyes are already kind of bugged out as they are. And clearly he was wearing a contact to give him kind of they called him walleye. Yeah. In the in the movie. And just every time that guy spoke. Like you, you just can't take your eyes off him. He was so he's so good. You know, yeah. he just he just absolutely hits a home run in this movie. I thought he was kind I, of I you know, you said that comment about sideways to me before the podcast. And I I think you're sleeping on the rewatchability of this as a Christmas movie that having just watched a second time, I was like, I will watch this now every Christmas. Oh wow. wow. Because right. it it gives you that feeling of the uh, satisfying but unsatisfying holiday that is yes. like that you're just you, you can't do enough. You know, it's like when right. he gets the tree and he's yes. like, "I did it. I have presents for everyone." And people are like, "What?" But there's no this. Yes, yeah. but he's also you know? like starts out as the Grinch sort of, and he starts to soften. Yes. Like he's yeah. Which, which you knew that was, I mean, like that's, that's a good playbook to run in a movie yeah. like this. And especially with somebody like Giamatti, you could, you can feel it coming because he has, even though he was an incredibly con convincing curmudgeon, he also has this softness to him and, and like a, a kindness in his eyes or his eye in this his movie eye. that, that, <laughs> you know, you know, is going to come through. I, it, it's interesting. I was sort of back and forth on the main kid. Um, oh, I, I thought he was great. Yeah, no, I know. We we talked about that. I I thought he was really good in spots. 
And in other spots, it was like the thing of like, okay, this is where the actor cries. Let's see some tears. And we were oh, getting them, yeah. you know. Also, a very unrealistic prep school thing. The the girl he made out with, that was way too quick. That would have been, in prep school, that would have been a four-month endeavor. <laughs> like, she was way too, are you looking at my, are you looking down my shirt? Yes. Let's kiss. Well, let's kiss. It's like, nope, I wish it was that way. No, it didn't happen like that. It might have been different in the 70s. I, yeah, I, I had that thought, too. Coming off of the 60s, um, maybe people were a little more loose and fancy-free, but that certainly was not my experience. Um, yeah. Um, but, the, yeah, the kid was... Definitely, and I'll, I will watch it again, Goldie. I think that's a good. I will too. Uh, that's, that's a good a suggestion idea. because I, I, I'm definitely still thinking about it. It's not something that I would dread watching again. So I'll, I'll give it another, another pass and see if it, it goes up a couple notches because um, there, there were just there was a lot in it. You know, it was over two hours, which was unusual for a, a small movie like that. Um, but it like never it. it never felt long. Yeah. You know, I was never like, OK, let's just get to the, you know, get to the climax. Like it, I was interested the whole time. Um, Same. Yeah. I mean, uh, they did a great job. Dave Hemmingson, hats off. Alexander Payne, you don't need our kudos. But that was a a uh, a triumph. And as Goldie says, the Christmas movie he'll go back to every year. Goodbye, Elf. It had the right amount of conducting in it, which was at the very beginning for 10 seconds. Oh, right. No, I thought you were going to say, which is zero. No, it had conducting. (laughs) It just wasn't all in your face about it. Yeah. Um, Do we have any other thoughts on the holdovers? I thought the, you know, the soundtrack was a little bit paint by numbers, but, you know, I guess there are so, so many songs you can choose from in that era that haven't been used before i have one question sort of a film what do you think it meant when he got to the edge of the school drive and he spit out the liquor like was that like a contempt for all sort of elevated things was that i'm not going to drink anymore like what was that moment supposed to be because i thought he should just drink it and go it was the liquor that he stole from the headmaster i know that Yeah. yeah i know that Okay, I'm just I'm setting lane. Stupid. <laughs> All right, <laughs> question. I, based on that question, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, no. To me, it was just seemed like a you know the contempt of spitting was just like oh, this is I what th- I think of you and your fancy uh, bourbon, but I'll but I'll take it right towards okay. the headmaster. I, but yeah, or maybe the there thing? was something else that was intended there. It just felt like. It almost felt to me like a what are we going to do in this moment moment. And that's what they came up with. And it was pretty good, but a little confusing. Oh, yeah. It just felt like the easier, clearer choices. You just take a sip of it, show us you took it and right. then leave. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. So that invalidated that that ruined the movie for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah there were just a, a few that. Certain things they they nailed. The the prep school dining room was perfect. Ooh. I mean, it clearly was absolutely an actual prep school dining room they filmed in, but it was that's exactly what ours looked like and the several others I'd been to. They looked just like that. I thought they were gonna play Quidditch, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong season. Wrong season. If they had been there in the spring for the spring holdovers, they would have been playing Quidditch. Did you the whole did you time. play Quidditch? Oh, nonstop. I mean, I was on JV Quidditch. I couldn't quite make the varsity, not surprisingly. 
Um, yeah, okay. So holdovers, very fun. Streaming on the cock. Check it out. On the cock. Congrats to everyone involved. We'll see you at Oscar time. Now, let's get into <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what I've been calling the feel dick movie of the year. <laughs> Saltburn. This was just awesome. So, Goldie, lead us off with some thoughts about this, because I, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Well, there's nothing I enjoy more than just a good movie creep. Yeah. <laughs> Not a totally. bath, but just an out-and-out kind of cretin. Yeah. Yep. A, a vile little wormy guy. <laughs> yeah. He's just <laughs> operating and doing stuff. So... I liked it from the beginning. I knew nothing about it, which, by the way, Same. is the way to go in. Don't listen to this if you haven't seen it yet. Yes. I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Because it, you should know as little as possible. Yeah. Because it's it's delightfully close to one of my favorite movies, which is The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yes. I would, close, yeah. I would not put it up there with that. Agreed. Um, well, it's interesting. I, 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 I kind of oh. saw them as equals. Oh. Oh. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, because it, this to me goes off and in a more sort of artsy fartsy magical realism type direction that, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, look, as much as we pretend as a society that, you know, it, it's funny because I, I, on our last podcast or two podcasts ago, I was very much against May, December. And I, yeah. I had some things to say and I said, you know, because you go, people are saying like, Oh, it was this incredible thing. And, and it had this, this message and you go, what, what's the message that it's like, celebrities aren't really what you think. Right. <laughs> Actors can be shallow and inconsiderate. Like what's the revolutionary message. And, and yeah. so it's kind of unfair that I like this other movie where you go, what's the message? Like the aristocracy isn't all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> right. Rich people are not good people. There's some <laughs> corruption in, in these palaces. So, you know, I'm not consistent as a critic, but I right, just right, right. like, yeah, I like, like what, what you I like. like. I loved being in this world. And the fact is that when whether it's succession or this, when you're in the world of elevated wealth, privilege, Oxford, totally palaces, parties, it's very fun. I agree. Totally. Transport. It's, it's rare that a character has a butler that I walk away upset. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, that butler. There, there, it was really interesting because there were like skipping stones along the way of great but disgusting moments. Like this movie, there, there are some movies that do disgusting and it just like turns you off because it just feels like they're doing it for the sake of doing it. Yes. And this movie had a couple of really over the top disgusting moments that I was cringing watching, but I really liked. <laughs> like it was. Yeah. And I want to duplicate really it in my with, own life. Oh, yeah. What? What'd you say? Sorry. I want to duplicate these moments in my own life. I mean, oh, having yeah. just been in a cemetery and the rest of your life, every time you go to a cemetery, you're going to think of Saltburn. That's hilarious. I know it was it was the closest thing to the MacGruber fucking a ghost scene that you'll ever see in a drama. It yeah. was it was really great. And also, well, Goldie, if you want to replicate those things, that when I get back to L.A., I can come over and take a bath and then just head out. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was I'll let, I'll let you do what you want. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that was very yucky. Oh that boy, was... the shots they got of the so. But can I ask? Yeah, does anyone jerk off in a bathtub? That well, that's so gross to me. Like that already. So you go like it's just you. You've got scrambled egg jizz in there, right? <laughs> and the filth of your body. It's like you've poached your jizz. <laughs> And then <laughs> someone's coming along and eating the jizz yolk. Like it was, I mean, that's just oh, horrible. Like, I yeah. don't know who's, who's then bathing. Like you would have to then go, well, I got to take a second bath now. Yeah. yeah you got to shower after that bath. Um, that would be the thing. Yeah, so that's, that, was, that struck me. The yeah, same that, way the prep school thing struck you as false. Yeah. Here, here's an area where we I We each have, have our own areas of expertise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as a J-O a, consultant. <laughs> the J-O. Yeah, so because we've already announced that we're spoiling, so what we're talking about is there's uh, the main character in this, played by played wonderfully by this actor Barry Keoghan, I think is his name, Barry Keegan. I don't know how you pronounce it. He's a young Irish actor. He's going to be playing uh, the Joker in the next uh, Batman movie. He's oh, sort wow. of the, the hot young actor right now, but he has a crush uh, or is in love with this. Uh, other boy who with whom he goes to oxford and that kid uh was like the most handsome kid i'd ever seen and so this guy has a crush (laughs) on him so the handsome kid takes a bath jerks off in the bathtub and there's our little creep afterwards when the bath is slowly draining down he's got his mouth down by the drain just (laughs) slurping it up like a like a fish that had been in a broken uh, goldfish bowl just like gulping gulping it's it was great yeah, it seemed I I gotta say that like the, the scenes that didn't work for me about that when you go to Saltburn were and and visually, you know, they're sitting by some sort of pool or lake, and it's like a slim errands photo of the aristocracy. Yeah. But where I thought Ripley excelled over this movie was that the this conversation and the casual rich person banter and the glimpse into the world, like they didn't actually interact or talk about anything. Uh, novel in those scenes like I felt they they were visually additive but not uh, sort of uh, with the diction they didn't add the vocabulary right. and the subject matter totally like, agree. verbally added well and it's interesting uh, that you say that that's a, that's a good point and you're you're right about that and I wonder if that has something to do with um, Ripley taking place in an era where intellectual discourse had a lot more value you know, it was like the the talented Mr. Ripley was, what was it, early 60s, late 50s, something like that. Oh. And so this idea of being like a wealthy student traveling abroad had this this whole, you had a whole personality based around that where you were, you knew art, you knew literature, you knew music, you, you, you know, those were the things that you would talk about with people. You knew the best restaurants in, in, in Venice and in Florence, you know, the, the, you could easily converse about such things whereas today i almost feel like now that you're bringing it up you're you're totally right maybe it's like today they just don't have anything to talk about like maybe everybody's yeah. all, all stupid now they're just dumb and rich and yeah. and that the boy the dad w- played by richard e grant who's been so yes. great like for you know three decades that guy's been awesome more um he was just perfectly like like duncey goofy and like excited and yeah like, and yeah. detached from reality 
And that mom who was, uh, you know, the <gasps> lead in Pike. Gone Girl. I, yes. I love her. I can't remember so, her name. Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike. That's right. Yeah. So good. She was great. Um, yeah, when everyone she's in trying was... to get When she's trying to get Carrie Mulligan out of the house. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to trouble you to, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. oh, wait. When she turned up dead, yeah. Carrie Mulligan. Yes. What? What was that about? In my mind, I'm thinking this is a get out situation. This means that Oliver is going to end up dead as well. I, I didn't understand how she died and what that meant to the story. Did you guys uh, even? Yeah, no, no, but by, by okay. that time, it was such a like a dazzling, uh, colorful <laughs> okay. buffet of of disgustingness and and, and distractions. I, I, yeah, it's like I now when you say it, I remember that she was dead, but I I wouldn't yeah. have really even remembered. Oh, okay. That. Okay. Yeah, but I, I'm sure it did mean something. I just kind of missed. I wonder if the our lead character, the creep, did it Killed somehow, her. right? Because they they there was like a very quick montage of him like killing everybody. You know, does it seem people. wildly inconsistent that you would drink bathtub jizz yet not like soft eggs? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Why you brought did it back to the eggs? Well. <laughs> Does that invalidate the whole movie? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Let's let's hold off on invalidating it based. I on want to ask eggs. that at, a, at one of the DGA screenings, <laughs> at like a Q and A when they have the cast that we get invited to. Oh, excuse me. We should just send our each other. We should write questions for each other and go to those things, and then have to ask oh. each, each other's other questions. questions. Oh, God. That would be amazing. That would be torture. Uh, Gold, that reminds me of, uh, I believe, Goldie, you, you had a similar sort of scenario envisioned for if you ever had a Q&A with Billy Joel. No. Okay. Okay. Billy Joel came to my college. Yes. Not to play a concert, but only to answer questions. <laughs> Weird. This is a real thing that happened. And so my friend and I just had a list of stupid questions we didn't wind up going to the event but like darn it one of them was that i remember was it began by going uh uh excuse me mr joel i'm your biggest fan i'm your biggest fan. like that was an important part of it is just You're to right. say i'm your biggest <laughs> fan several times before you said anything and then it was uh excuse me mr joel in the song the entertainer where you say get put in the back in the discount rack like another can of beans <laughs> two-part question one what kind of beans? beans? And two, what store sells both records and beans? Thank you. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. Again, sir, I'm your biggest yeah. fan. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been so... I knew it. I knew it sparked yeah, So this was something that we repeated to each other ad nauseum. <laughs> I mean, this is pre-internet, pre-cell phones. That's that so we good. would just die talking about. But, yeah, it's, it's like the Q&A's. Pranking those Q&As once you knew your show business life was over. I might yeah. do a victory tour of going to q <laughs> just being an asshole. Ranking that would every be Q &A. so fun. That would be yeah. good to film. That would um, be, yeah. So let's let's think about uh, Saltburn for a minute here in terms of the, um, the, the screenplay, the writing of it. To me, it was like the writing... I, I almost couldn't even tell you what the style was or what it was like in terms of the writing one for one thing barry keegan the lead actor spoke so softly you could barely hear what he was saying most of the time and i think that was you know that was by design he was supposed to be this meek 
little, you know, sort of peon. Um, but it was almost like it it didn't really have like a a a classic structure. It was just like, okay, I'm I'm falling in love with this kid at school and I'm gonna I'm now his friend and I'm gonna, you know, insert myself in his life, and then all this craziness happened. So it just didn't yeah. I, I didn't feel like it built in the traditional way, but I loved it. I, I think it's a psychological thriller, but you don't realize that until an hour 15 in. Right. right. You think it's a comedy of manners or something. Yeah. And then you realize it's a psychological thriller. Like the, the one piece, because there were things I have to admit, like, and I'm not bragging, but I was very much ahead of the story at a certain, like I was, I said to my wife, once he got into Saltburn, I was like, that he's bike time. He's, he's drinking jizz. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was like the bike tire thing. Go, oh. we'll be going back to that. That oh, that nice. wasn't chance. And then I was like, when he, when the bottle changed hands, where they were in front of that, yeah, the shrub statue. that was a big rabbit or whatever. I was like, yeah. they're gonna replay that to us and show us that was some kind of plot. Like I, I was onto it by that point. It didn't affect my enjoyment of the movie. I still enjoyed it, but I, I don't think it was as sort of well disguised necessarily as yeah. Um, you know, in an ideal world, it will be. But the one little Easter egg that going back on, I thought was really well done was when he made that friend going into the college who clearly was on a spectrum of some kind with the yeah. math. And the guy was like, I can, I can do any problem instantly. I can solve, I can see so many moves ahead. And it's like, they were actually describing the other guy where it's like, he sees every move wow. so far ahead, you know, I didn't and, put and that he together. saw the whole, yeah. And that, those two are the same. It's just one was calculating numbers. The other was calculating people yeah. the whole time. So I thought that was like very cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I did wow. not put that together until right now. Thanks. Until you told me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we didn't even, we haven't even discussed the uh, vampire sex scene, which was amazing. <laughs> I know. What's, what's the vampire sex scene? The um, you when know she's... the that that time of the month oh. sex scene, All yeah, right. <laughs> vampire sex. That was it, that was uh. ridiculous. And I, I watched the. I love the character of the cousin, by the way, who, yeah. who, and the karaoke scene. I thought was just oh top notch when he's yeah. singing that. Is it a Pet Shop Boys song about or Blur? Maybe paying your rent or whatever yeah. you pay my oh, rent yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i thought that was so great how then he's like it's really your song but the other guy owned it in such a funnier fun way where he goes like, yes. yeah no you tried to get him because it looked like that guy was gonna oust ollie like it it looked yeah. like yes. he'd more well, he, than his match he he was he was the philip seymour hoffman right. uh, of talented mr ripley in this one yes. um but yeah well he got a hand job out of the deal <laughs> yeah. Forgot another God. crazy scene. There were like, there were I would say three or four insane kind of sexual moments along the way that were just exciting enough to like keep me going through the whole thing. I was <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, JC. I watched it on the plane, right? And yeah, so you're like covering uh, your screen. No, I did this thing which probably would people would just really hate but i fast forwarded through a lot of the sex scenes oh. because i didn't i don't know i was like uncomfortable with like this woman sitting this like i don't know um <laughs> sitting on my shoulder. the older so I, I get the grosser sex scenes seem to me like i'm a, like it's I, like i'm four years old again where i'm like ew <laughs> like the idea that 
of actors kissing is so gross. <laughs> I'm always like, I get it. I know, I know what sex is. So I'm always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys aren't going to do anything different. And then in this movie, I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is a little different. <laughs> <laughs> JC, can you call up who who wrote and directed it? Because I think it was it was the same writer director. So yeah. it was directed by Emerald Lily Fennell, and right. she um, she, she did is the an favorite. actress. Oh, she did the favorite. Okay, she well, did she the al- favorite, which I also really liked. That movie from uh, oh, yeah, maybe to- five, or, five or six I years ago. I love that movie. Yes, with Oli- Olivia Coleman and and yes. someone else, where they were sort of fighting. It was sort of a similar, similar thematically. It was like fighting for a friendship, right? Kind of and, thing. And she also, you're right. She did write it, and it was also produced by Margot Robbie and two other people, but also. Oh, so Jesus. Margot Robbie's all over the place this Oscar season. I'm also going to say it's a great year for movies, by which I mean there are two good movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. It's unusual to have two that you like. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I and I also, we're not going to talk about it. I just want to throw a recommendation in. I love the movie Blackberry, which yes. I saw. I'll watch I that. See that. Where, I do you have to it. rent it or is it on a, a streaming platform? It's on Amazon, but you have to pay for like the ultra premium or something. I saw it on a plane. Uh, okay. It's definitely playing on JetBlue. It's worth okay. just maybe booking yourself <laughs> Book a, a flight. cheap flight, catching <laughs> yeah. BlackBerry, and then coming home. Uh, <laughs> but it's in my favorite genre of movies, which is like big business success and then failure. I, <laughs> I will never tire of that genre. That's great. While you're while you're throwing out recommendations, this isn't a movie, but I just watched a documentary on Netflix, three part documentary called uh escaping twin flame and goldie this is right up our alley it's it's almost it's echoes of the keith ranieri type situation oh okay it's it's like a couple who uh stumble onto this notion of everyone in life has their twin flame it's like your you know your perfect perfect partner And so they make a claim at the beginning, like online courses that cost a lot of money, that if you pay and you're involved, you will, by the end of this course, be with your true twin flame. And so along the way, they just basically encourage people to like stalk people who they who have already rejected them. They're like, oh, that's clearly your twin flame. You've got to work. Never. Never. (laughs) <laughs> but spoiler you, you, alert you, it's such a it's such a slow slowly unfolding car wreck you, you jc is there a that. way you could edit out my hopeful tone in that question <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah yep the old twin flame or sometimes it's one flame and one uh bucket no, of water but it's like yeah it's like people who look like me and they're like it's like you're not someone's twin flame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> someone has reached a point where they'll be with you. Yeah, that's about all we can guarantee. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was pretty crazy. Like by the end of the course, because it was it ended up being mostly women, it was like they were encouraging a lot of the women to say, like, you're you're transgender. You're really a man. Like, and it was really damaging and awful. Oh, wow. And the usual wow. separating people from their families, taking all their money, blah, blah, oh. blah. So, yeah, Escaping Twin Flame on Netflix is also fun. Um, all right. Well, yeah, Goldie, I agree with you. A couple of good movies there. Uh, and I, you know, I, by the way, I started watching Killers of the Flower Moon. I turned it off after an hour. I couldn't stand it. Not good. It. I Why? could not stand it. It was there like. Was, 
Yeah, go ahead, Goldie. When, when they there was a wedding and then they they just showed this guy doing this kind of oaky dance for yeah. a minute. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> oh I, I, no, God, really? I'm yeah. not doing this anymore. Well, also, it's like this thing of, you know, it's it's Tom Cruise knows himself as an actor, right? He yeah. knows exactly what movies he's going to excel in. Right. Uh, you know, which is why he keeps putting himself in like a Top Gun or a Mission Impossible or that kind of yeah. like he's fucking perfect for that. Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, still does not quite accept who he is. He is a an incredibly handsome and charming leading man. He is not like Daniel Day Lewis. Right. He's not a guy who can just kind of transform into any part. So it was this thing where you have all these you have DiCaprio, De Niro, and Scorsese, three titans of the industry, and all three of them took their biggest clubs out of their bag. So DiCaprio made himself not handsome. So you're instantly like, eh, like it's not now it's now I'm just <laughs> left with the guy trying to act. He gave himself a fake nose, a terrible haircut. He was like heavier. It's like, OK, you're not Leo anymore. De Niro was not Italian. Whenever he plays a non-Italian, it's just well, like, no, I don't know. <laughs> Scor Scorsese took himself out of New York City. Stay in New York oh. City, Martin. That's where all your fantastic movies are made. And so this one, at the prospect of it being three and a half hours when I was one hour in, I was just like, goodbye. Yeah. Wow. When you said stay in New York City, Martin, you, yeah. that was exactly, why aren't you making 2010, <laughs> Stanley? Oh, so you're comparing <laughs> me to, to the greatest actor of all time. Yeah. Ma Martin, that millions and millions of fans are wondering why you're not in New York City. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something nice. Nope, compared to Brian Atine. Uh, well, no, I think you're. I think you're right, and I think also, you know, Martin Scorsese is kind of like Coke coming out with new sodas at this point. Right. Like you kind of go, if there was a good soda to be had, yeah. probably been made. Yeah, you were open to it. it, but like. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, blackberry Coke. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you know, like pom pomegranate Sprite or yeah, you know. something. <laughs> <laughs> and also the, you know, the the whole tragic story of Killers of the Flower Moon is essentially like the newspaper headline, bad people, bad. It's like, yeah, uh, well, yes. I, I will say the book, having read the book, uh, the book is great, really interesting. The same author as that other book I like called The Wager. Like Ooh. the story is great. I don't know that it's a good movie story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. I think it's a really good book story. Yeah. Um, because you, you just have to like really get in the weeds with some of the history. And it's just it's it's easier to tell than to show. I mean, quite simply. Yeah. Well, I think they kind of proved that. Well, anyway, that was fun talking about. It was fun watching those movies. Thanks, Goldie, for spurring that on. Yes, those were the holdovers and Saltburn were will stick stick with me for a while. Will sticky with me for a while, especially Saltburn. <laughs> um, but, but now the let's get into death. a portion of the show that we like to call Top Five. Top Five. God, it never sounded better. All right, Goldie, this was your category. Tell the folks what we're top five and about. Uh, top five people you would gladly trade lives with yes okay here we go number five don mclean 
<laughs> at, at any moment, you could just get up and sing American Pie, and it would be yours, and everyone would be glad to see you. <laughs> That's true. Also, he like has a tradition of dating like thirty years younger models. Really? Now, I don't think anything about him is cool or interesting or anything. <laughs> you know, I like the song Vincent as well. I just think to go anywhere and be able to play American Pie would be great. Huge. Number four, Jill Biden, or really any first lady. Like you go, I'm set here. I can maybe adopt some cause. I could like bake cookies. I could play tennis. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I have the year of the president if I want it, but I don't need to be president. I love this. I have a staff. I get to live in a house. It's all fine. Uh, Number three, and this is just simply because it's the highest iteration of bald man, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> highest on your iteration yacht. of bald man. You're going to space. You're, you, you don't need to listen to anyone. Yeah, and, and, but you're, you're famous, but you're also like, and you're treated well, but also no one's going to stop and, and ask for your autograph. <laughs> right. Because you know, you're, you're the right kind of famous, which is people will point at you, but they won't approach stop you because... Yes. They're not really fans. Yes. Yeah. They just know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. That that yeah. that kind of that reminds me Goldie on New Year's Eve did you sing Bald Anxiety? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Next, I'm just checking. Uh number 2 Adam Driver. Because oh, imagine wow, just that's really good. Just being so average and just being declared great. <laughs> and not having to really be excellent at all but it's just but just somehow having everyone convinced that you were remarkable wow. even though that's you're amazing totally unremarkable that's a, that's a I don't hot know. take he, he might he might win the oscar for most face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we've just accepted like we've been told you know he's a he's a big movie star it's like he isn't that's just not true oh he's quite an actor no he isn't false he's, it's a guy it's a guy in a shirt saying stuff like yes there's nothing in a shirt. and number one i think i've probably said this before in some iteration but steph curry yeah oh, that's a good one i should we have, I should have had him on the list that's very good oh yeah. yeah steph curry crossover that's a good one all right, no, I'm going to go uh, number five, Jacob Bilardi. <laughs> he was the hot guy in Saltburn. Like how much doors would open for that guy wherever he went, like a 6'3 hot guy who's wow. like in his 20s. Give me yeah. that. That's fine. Okay, number four, sort of a similar thing. Can we theme. just cut and make a sound by JC of a 6'3 hot guy in his 20s? Give me that. <laughs> yes. don't make that don't do that and youtube yet don't do that all right number four here we go this will this will be the antidote for that number four anna de armas if i were anna de armas i would just be soaping up my tits in the shower all day <laughs> gorgeous number three justin tucker hmm. you know who that you know who that is yeah Goldie? the kicker for the ravens the kicker for the Baltimore Ravens, he's like the best kicker in the history of the NFL, never takes a hit, gets paid millions of dollars oh. and gets to, you know, win championships and like be like a normal revered part of the team because everybody knows how great he is. So 
Okay. I think that would be fun. Number two, Niall Horan. <laughs> you know who that is? Yes. He's okay. from One Direction. He's from One Direction. He's also now one of the judges on The on Voice. The Voice, okay. And he is absolutely like the right level of an, of very rich and famous because he's very rich and famous, but he's not Harry Styles where he right. can't like have a life or go anywhere. But he's like given this gig. He seems like a totally likable guy. I like him a lot. Number one, Ooh. Betty White. <gasps> Even, we have crossover. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Wow. Because first of all, she's dead, so she doesn't have to make any more decisions. Like right. she, there, she has nothing on her plate, but she was incredibly beloved. So clearly, all the decisions she made were already right, and they're in the past. So if I'll she was that. still alive, like that's the type of thing I love to backlash against as a hot take. Like yes. I felt it went too far when they they were like, "You have to let Betty White host SNL," and it's like. Well, now this poor 97-year-old woman is just <laughs> suffering through right. staying up late All because nights, you yeah. you demanded it of her. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, she wasn't as good as Trump, that's for sure. Oh, geez. Well, he was hilarious. <laughs> he was your favorite. <laughs> Best host ever. Um, all right, that's my list. That was fun. JC, was what do you got? Listen, okay, you I'm... put together Lorne and Trump. That's an all-star <laughs> comedy team. I mean, both those guys are so funny. Lauren's, oh, Lauren. Lauren's hilarious. Oh, oh my God. Side splitting. Yes. Oh, God. Just to pick Lauren's brain. Just joke after joke. <laughs> I would say watch the Getting Coffee with Comedians. Is that what you yeah. Yeah. With Lauren Michaels. Oh, oh so funny. So awkward. <laughs> awkward. Um, okay. So uh, I just, by the way, I have a listening session in 10 minutes. So <laughs> I think yeah, we're going to well, be fine. Go. Here we go. Here so we go. my number five is... Is it Usain Bolt? I'd love oh, to know what it feels yeah. like to be the fastest human human on the planet. That's a good one. And That's he's cool. One. He's and very he's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. Yes. Number two, Betty White. Number four, how about? So no- <laughs> <laughs> New Year, same JC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Betty White. <laughs> Betty White, number four. <laughs> number three, Paul McCartney. Number three oh, works going yes, up. Yeah, either Ooh. way, you're safe. <laughs> Paul McCartney, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> number two, Seth Curry. Uh, so no, Steph. 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 That was weird. <laughs> Seth? I, Seth, I'll tell you why. Because my number one is Seth's cats. <laughs> that's my number one. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane's cats. Yeah, because he loves them, clearly. He loves them. They have, you know, I'm sure they're spoiled and they have a beautiful place to... Oh, uh, so, All right, yeah. well, great list. Yeah. And so, JC, what uh, what are we going to okay. top five about next week? This is very random, but top five older people names. Oh, I so, love it. Okay, Good. can I leave it. it at that? Okay, great. Love it. Okay, cool. Love it. All right, cool. So that'll be next week. And do we have a guest next week? No. We don't. It's just going to be us again, we're, and we're going to talk about Saltburn and the holdovers. <laughs> so tune in for that. No, we'll, uh, we'll think of something to talk about next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, but for now, let's end the show as we do every week on a high note. Yeah. <laughs> 
Tom and Max. Happy, Happy New Year, Tom Happy and Max. Happy New Year. Tom, we're getting you back on here in 2024. That's a this that's a, a vow we're making right this now. Is a fact. Cavalierly early in January. All right, my my high note uh, was pretty simple. We had a uh, New Year's Eve party here uh, on Cape Cod, and it was great, and I had fun. Ooh, all right. <laughs> so that's, that's about as high a note as I can get, and I feel like I'm sort of exercising some of the demons from my 50th birthday 50th. party. I was thinking. Were you able to get that piano player back? All right, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> well, that was actually part of the fun because it was sort of built up like during the week, like, oh, Tall was telling me like, oh, you know, so-and-so really wants you to play piano and oh, they're looking forward to you playing piano. Never happened. We were all just having fun. And like, so there That's was great. never a moment where it was like, go play. It, we had a great time. Just Good. the right amount of uh, drinks and uh that's awesome a lot of fun okay um i will go it's very easy i sort of talked about it at the beginning it was um had the best vacation even though we both got sick it was i really had a reset my whole nervous system i feel like is back to normal i feel rested i feel happiness Mm-hmm. which is a good way to start a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that the trend goes and, you know, very appreciative for the things that I have in my life and my husband and you guys and our podcast and Aww. the fact that I have a job and all these things. So, um, yeah, Bravo. that is my high note. Yes. Bravo. Thank you. Uh, that was great. I, uh, I just uh, really enjoyed connecting with my cousins this week. I, I don't get to see them very much. Some of my family's Texas. here, some's in Texas, whatever. And it's like, I just have so many cool cousins. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, That's awesome. each one of them, great. People I, oh. I truly enjoy. And so it's like, I never get that dose of extended family. It's so rare. But, uh, you know, I just I felt like very privileged to be part of, of such a cool family. Oh, that's nice. That's beautiful. It's a good way to. Start I mean, imagine the like I'm in the middle <laughs> of coolness. Yeah, yeah. Amidst. Amidst. <laughs> All right, so that's you got so some awesome. really cool ones there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's good, you that's know. Really and cool. also, you know, we'll we'll all raise a glass of water or juice or whatever uh, to your aunt Dorothea, your aunt. who li- played her innings, lived a good long life. Sounds like she was a very cool, funny, talented lady. So. Yes. Um, Listen, I'm glad that any, I'm glad. anyone who shot down Norman Lear is a hero. She said, she said, with that stupid hat, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was a fun first show of the year. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you two for being awesome. Thank and you. We will talk to you again next week in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. And it stops right now. Like a 6'3 hot guy who's like in his 20s. Give me that. Give me that.